Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 25th, 2011. For newcomers, you should always look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios which are there for free download. There's hundreds to choose from and hopefully you'll understand that this big system around the world really is around the world. It's over the world in a sense. It's over all governments. One big system which is called globalism and single governments and uh, all of the usual stuff. I'm sure you're all pretty well wise to what it's all about now at days because it's in the daily newspapers even. We're so used to hearing the names of the IMF, World Bank, and uh, these kind of umbrella organizations of the United Nations that we think it's always been this way. And we adapt. We adapt into every new facet of the new uh, democracies, like they call it, uh, that are spearheading across the world. So hopefully, as I say, look into that and hopefully you'll get the shortcuts to understanding the big organizations, at least the history of how it came to, to be and uh, who was behind it and how really countries are kept in utter <laughs> darkness until you, you, you merge into the new system. Most will adapt into it without even knowing it's changed because our lives are very short and this is an intergenerational program. And remember, too, that you can support me, because I don't bring on guests who advertise, but you can support me by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S., you can still use a personal check to Canada, and you can also use an international postal money order from your post office, or send cash, or use PayPal to order. Use a donation button and follow it with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union or MoneyGram or, again, PayPal. And remember, straight nations are really welcome as well because we're in these austere times as we continue to bail out banks across the world uh, on the quiet, the QT, as they say. And uh, it's really the bondholders we're bailing out, so the private boys, the guys that are trillionaires. Uh, and, of course, we can't let them suffer because life's tough enough for them, apparently. But that's the world we're living in. We're living in a world that's steamrolling ahead under something that's called revolutionary democracy. That was first heard in the Bush Jr. era, uh, when the neoconservatives, as they called themselves then, uh, came out with a term. There's, there's a documentary has been done on mainstream about them from members who were in it, talking about what revolutionary democracy means. It means forcing it upon peoples who either have never heard of it or they don't particularly want it. But that's the idea of peace. Peace comes through revolution and forcing folk under a single global democracy. And even democracy is constantly being reinterpreted uh, as to its actual meaning. If you ask a 100 people, you get a lot of different answers what it actually means because really the public have very little inputs at all on what their governments are up to. Actually, I would say none, personally. 
uh, I think it's all authorized non-governmental organizations now that are the, 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 the constituents of the dem- democratic countries. In fact, the United Nations has that on its website. This new democracy must make a comprise of groups, NGOs, uh, working with our governments, and that's what we have today. The general silent majority are out of the picture, and they're quite content to be out of the picture, mind you, and they're well entertained as life goes by, and their little short lives um, end up, as, as everyone else's does. That's the world we're, we're in today. And, of course, there's always opposition to this uh, revolutionary democracy because you just can't throw people together and expect everything just to be happy, especially those who are living through the great changes. And yet that's what they want everyone to do. There's, there's always been riots already with uh, multicultural immigration, forced immigration, I've gone through the reasons why. It isn't just because those countries are getting bombed and the folk want out and they want to live in another country. It's because the, the people in the Western countries are not having enough children and the bankers want them in to pay off the debt. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. It's it's amazing how life imitates fiction, and uh, we always get predictive programming before any major happening occurs, because in this day and age, no one can actually do anything uh, without being monitored. It's impossible. It's actually impossible, and everyone's been profiled. And those folk who are into chat rooms uh, and the, the forums have all been profiled too and they're constantly watched and everything's saved. Literally, everything that we do electronically and even when you're out walking at times too, if you're being followed, they'll definitely be picking up what you're about. And this whole thing in Norway, of course, as we well know, stinks to high heaven, especially when you see predictive programming coming out in advance because Captain America came out, of course, this month and uh, the whole thing starts off with a massive invasion and explosion in Norway uh, just to kick the whole movie off. And it's about a, a kind of post-World War II uh, Nazi idea of taking over the world. So, as I said, you cannot dismiss these things as coincidences, especially when you've watched them all your life. Because, same with 9-11, but there were so many movies made at that time to do with 9-11 and have 9-11 for the heights of bridges that you drive under and and that kind of stuff. So it's the same thing with these movies that come out for predictive programming. And how it works really is to familiarize you with an idea before the event happens and you kind of float through the, uh, the actual event itself and it's kind of familiar. So you're more prone to accept the propaganda uh, that spewed out at the time. And, of course, nothing makes any sense with this Norwegian thing. As I say, you cannot be in these forums, you cannot be uh, belonging to these particular groups and expressing your opinions without being profiled and, believe you me, really, really monitored. Uh, cell phones, everything. Uh, everything is kept, of course, and uh, this doesn't make any sense at all. And for this young fella who decided to uh, supposedly become a, a kind of strange martyr or hero, uh, depending on what group he's actually playing towards. They're, they're labeling him as an actual a Nazi, even though he didn't have the Nazi traits. They even labeled him to the, to, uh, um, the Unabomber, but the Unabomber was called the Unabomber because he, he targeted specific professors in university who were into basically 
a new form of running the world and running the people. He was actually a professor who was was uh, going to join them, and he turned against them. He said it was a horrific system they were bringing in, and that's why he started targeting these particular people. And I've done talks on that before. So he's not a Unabomber at all, and he... If he wanted massive impacts, he would have obviously waited until the government offices were full to get maximum impacts, but he didn't. Because that's what a terrorist does, is to give shock value, massive shock and horror. The bigger, the better. And he didn't do that. So we'll never know the whole story to this. Um, and there will be various stories coming out. There already are coming out from all kinds of media makers, I call them who will spin them for their own benefit, because everyone in this world today, uh, on any level, is, is really involved in their own particular agenda, put it that way. There are so many security companies, um, uh, private and governmental agencies, working uh, on their own little plans for this global order. You don't know who to believe. And, of course, the best propaganda makes sure there's a lot of truth there. It's the last few parts of it, the 10% or whatever, that gives the, the spin. So we'll never get all of the story coming out of this at all, except that none of it really, as I say, makes any sense for the little that they actually have given the public. But it will drag out as time goes on. And there will all be all kinds of crazy ones coming out too with, with their ideas. It's the aliens, it's this, it's that, and all that kind of nonsense. So generally, when these things happen, I just wait to see what their final stories are going to be. And it's after that event, generally, that little bits of the real truth start to trickle into, into reality and get to talk about it in a more logical fashion. But you always got to ask who benefits. And... If this young, this guy was thinking about starting off some kind of revolution, I would say that this has benefited the very people. And I'm not, not talking about uh, Muslims. Is it, I'm talking about the, 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 the cultural socialists, as you call them, uh, or Marxists. It's benefited them more than ever because those are the ones that everyone knows uh, are really at the top of the tree these days. And um, they're all for global governance. And it's a global governance, you see, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the, it takes to get to global governance. It doesn't matter when they cram uh, cultures together very quickly instead of giving them time to assimilate and adapt to the new system and become part of the new country. Uh, they come on masses, and there's always uh, turmoil when that happens. That's the story of history. The guys at the top are not stupid. They make this happen. They know it's going to happen. Personally, I think they want it to happen. That's my personal opinion, especially when they bring them on mass, and then the government itself, like some countries in the British Commonwealth, uh, will, will print uh, their own newspapers for them in their own tongue. And I can remember years ago reading one, well, I was trying to read it, actually. It was from India, and uh, a guy in a store there I knew very well. I says, it, was, it was printed by the Canadian government. And I, I says, could you read that article for me? He said, he didn't want to. I says, why? He says, because it's not nice about white people. And I thought, gee, they're using the taxpayers, the Canadians, to agitate uh, these people. Why would they be doing that? Why would that be getting done? Of course, the governments would tell you is to get them into their, their, their left-wing groups that, that, that they favor for this global system. If we can call them even left-wing, what is right-wing or left-wing anymore anyway? What does it really mean? Because it keeps changing again, just like democracy keeps changing. And left-wing at one time meant uh, Marxism and uh, international, an international system. 
and right-wing meant basically you were happy with the way things were. Nationalist, basically, but it doesn't have to be uh, a kind of fascist na- uh, uh, type of system where you go off for more more uh, Lebensraum living spaces, as you say. But literally, you're happy with your own little place. But you're not allowed to have that anymore, you see, under internationalism. And not only are the countries in the West already uh, burdened down with massive debts and taxes, uh, they're, they're burdened down too with so many coming in from across the seas that need help right off the, off the boat, basically, for health care and money and accommodation. And Britain, I've even read articles on the air, uh, has been advertising it's the best one in Europe for about 30 years now. So I said 30 years ago, uh, with, with this kind of immigration, uh, it's obvious to me they were setting up the chessboard for something to come down the pipe, down the road, in other words. Something was going to happen, and I knew it would either be some kind of war on those countries, and then now you've got homegrown terrorism, and then they can put everyone, it doesn't matter who you happen to be, under the same, uh, you'd, you'd peg them all the same, you're all potential terrorists. And only, I, I imagine, through this idea of terrorism and police state uh, security, can they really force a new world order across the whole world like this, because that's what we're in. And this could all have been avoided, as I say. But then you get into the other side of things. We, we are financial units. I've said this for so long. And uh, never mind all their propaganda and the multiculturalism and we're one big happy face. We are looked upon, all of us from all different countries, as individual economic units. And um, Looking into the, uh, the International Monetary Fund today, these are the guys, again, a private organization, but given some strange kind of legitimacy through the United Nations. Um, they're basically a debt collector. That's, that's what they really are, a lender. They're the last resort if you're broke and you can't get uh, a loan. Uh, you get it from the International Monetary Fund at an awfully high interest rate. That's what it is. And... They're all in on this globalization system because within this new world order near the top, you have the money boys and the money families that are really royal families in, to do with money, intermarry each other. You have regal families, royal families that conquered countries like the Queen and all that, and they're the descendants of them, and they own all this, all that's on the earth and, and underneath the sea and all that kind of stuff. But you also have the banking royal families uh, that would enter it that way. And, of course, since money runs all the countries, technically, I'd say the bankers are, are more important than the, the hereditary royalty. They got it through slaughter and pillage. But regardless of all that, and regardless of the suffering that's caused around the world and the wars that are forced upon countries to make them democratic by bombing them and putting in color revolutions to get it all started, here's an article from the International Monetary Fund. This is what they think of you, Right? And it's, this article is called Geriatric Deadbeats. Geriatric Deadbeats. Right? These are the guys at the United Nations. You know. It says, as the number of older voters relative to the younger ones increases around the globe, the creditworthiness of borrowing countries could decline, resulting in less external lending and more sovereign debt defaults. This is all they care about. You're just numbers to them. Because lenders cannot easily confiscate a government's assets in the case of a default, they must rely almost completely on the creditworthiness of a sovereign and declining, whether, uh, in declining, uh, in deciding, sorry, where to make a loan. 
to the many factors affecting our nation's creditworthiness, such as the macroeconomic strength and past debt payment record, lenders must add aging. And basically it goes on about what their big worry is at the top. There's too many old folk now, you see. Old folk that never had children to pay off the debt. And as I was saying before, and I've read the articles from the mainstream recently, in fact, where they're talking about the need to bring immigration and from top politicians like Tony Blair and all the rest of them uh, to pay off the debts. They don't care who they bring in because the peasant in China is just the same as the peasant in Britain to them at the top. That's all you are, just peasants. So here they are. They gave you a culture telling you not to have children for the last, since the 60s. And don't forget for a second their government departments. Every country's got them to do with population numbers and facts and figures and, and all that kind of stuff. Statistics, basically. And they knew darn well when they were pushing this, don't have any children, just stay single and have a great time. We'll give you all the pill for free. They knew darn well the time would come when there was no children to pay off the debt. So they had a plan to bring in all the foreigners. So don't blame the foreigners. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix and uh, as I said before um, I won't go into too much I'll listen to the, to the callers to see what they think about the whole thing in Norway uh, but as I say we'll never get the whole truth on this obviously as I say, you'd never get away with this uh, in this day and age, you can't do it especially if you're already on chat rooms and forums and believe you me, uh, if this fellow was in England beforehand, he'd been well monitored too before and after and uh, this doesn't make any sense at all, especially since the CIA uh, already warned uh, Norway that its security was too lax, along with Assange, which makes you kind of suspicious. And uh, and Norway, too, was pulling out of bombing Libya. They'd had enough bombing. And um, they'd, they'd paid off their national debt, by the way, and they didn't want to fork money out to Europe to help them bail out this enormous black hole that goes out in the outer space. Uh, so they had it coming, they might say, and bang, that's it. Now everybody's in there to, to help them, you know, to, to set up the police state, and bingo. So who benefits in the, in the long run? We'll, we'll soon find out, of course. It's a shame that Norway was an awful nice place at one time. Now we'll go to Darren in Ireland if he's hanging on there. Hi, Alan, how's it going? Not too bad, yeah. yeah them forms are pretty funny because even the word form is really to form someone's own opinion. Or to form that's right. Opinion. You, well, you get you get informed. They form within. They, they, they literally form you within your brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because it's kind of the same scenario, I guess, as what Japan was in when um, it kind of ma- magically this earthquake came along, and they then now had to go to the IMF and entered into all these other international kind of uh-huh. organizations. That's right. Funny, for the first time, too, because Japan. Uh, really was, uh, it always managed, if it sold all its debt to its own people, it didn't sell them to outsiders and, and they were kind of nationalistic, so you can't have nationalism in this day and age, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny because I, I was actually in the middle of reading uh, Brave New World again and there's actually, a, there's actually, I think it's the very first page where, um, this, you know, when he's given them the, the tour of the, the plant, yeah. he actually says, um, I'm trying to find the page right here, but he says, um, 
he mentions that there was an earthquake in Japan and they had to clone more people to send over there. I thought that was a kind of funny little yeah. seg bit there. It, it, might, it, might, it might fit in now that they've admitted in Britain that they've, they've cloned hundreds of uh, animal-human hybrids. I <laughs> saw. So, I mean, you never. I mean, literally, we're living the science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy. I just, I've, I've always wondered why they gave us uh, the likes of. I know it's it's still classified in the New Age movement, um, but like the likes of yoga and or maybe the martial arts. I know. I guess they should take some parts of for good, but I guess. Must be still be a, a reason behind even being out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yoga is easily explained because uh, Madame Blavatsky, who her mission was to set up uh, a, um, a system f- mainly for women. Uh, in fact, Blavatsky, people don't know it, she set up uh, uh, these homes for women, single women. There's lots of, of uh, unemployment at that time too, and destitution. And uh, it ended up in a scandal because she ended up um, ha- having a lesb- lesbian affairs with them. Actually, that's a fact. I've got the old prints of the time. Uh, but anyway, her, her job was uh, to merge the, the cultures with India with that mainly of Britain, maybe other parts of Europe, mainly of Britain, for the future when they would blend the countries together. And that was started off in the 1800s. And then, of course, uh, yeah, you had uh, Basant uh, and other ones who take over, uh, Alice Bailey, uh, members of the Fabian Society for Women, for women's uh, rights. They have to kick off the feminist movement, all funded by the, the Astor family. So this was started a long time ago, this whole move towards uh, multicultural integration. But they already knew at that time which people they were bringing into which countries. And mainly from about the 60s onwards, it was from India uh, that they initially brought them into Britain. So it was to get everything. The same thing happened, you know. I can remember many years ago when uh, judo was a big thing from Japan and judo and karate and then suddenly it was kung fu and it was the same time that they were signing all the deals for uh, bringing in, getting us used to the idea of Chinese uh, uh, in a similar manner of ourselves the fighting stuff on television the kung fu uh, the great series on television uh, and really that was in preparation for the World Trade Organization and the, uh, getting the most favored nation status. We're always programmed ahead of for what's to come, you see, uh, even through fiction. Yeah. So is there any, any good in it at all? But, well, I know, I, know it's, I, I can see why, because even at that time there had mass immigration of uh, the likes of people from the, the Asian borders when I guess all that came out for uh, martial arts. Um, are that, <laughs> It's funny because I've been reading on the news about all these hackers, hackers this and hackers that, and hackers are fighting against all these organizations and hacking the people's files and all that. But I think it's in preparation for them nearly shutting down the internet. It's like yeah. they're fighting, they're fighting against themselves, and then they're gonna. It's like, oh, we have to go in now and stop these hackers. You know, they're causing us big yes. problems. You're gonna have to have an ID to find out who these hackers are. There's no doubt about it, doubt about it at all. Uh, the internet is, is already one of the most valuable tools for, for getting us all profiled daily and, and updated by ourselves daily. Everybody volunteers their information. Uh, but it's also, it's just a great security tool already. But, but you're right. So it was always intent they'd, they'd eventually police it and drag it down into, into a level where you couldn't really use free speech. Free speech now, you're scared to even use the term free speech. You think you're odd. They think you're probably one a crazy person if you want. If free, they think they've got free speech, but you, you don't have free speech. If you had free speech, you could talk about anything at all, no matter how mad it was. 
uh, that would be free speech, but you're not even allowed that. You get punished for saying certain things today. So uh, it's already police, but it'll get worse. It'll get worse, no doubt. Back after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Tonight too I'm, I'm putting up the list for the U.S. just to see how, uh, how, their, uh, po- how much their politicians have in the, in the kitty. Uh, it's a good comparison. I think the Democrats have got a bit more cash than the Republicans. An individual I'm talking about. So I'll put that list up for you to peruse to see which bunch of millionaires you want to vote for, the left wing or the right wing. Now there's Rick from New York on the line. Are you there, Rick? Hello? Yes, uh, how you doing, Alan? Not too bad, yeah. Yeah, um, I can't believe how ignorant people are in the U.S. that they haven't read the Constitution to see that only Congress has the power to uh, coin and distribute money, you know, with the Federal Reserve illusion. Um, It's just amazing to me that that in the mass media, obviously, that's tightly controlled by the CFR, that uh, it's never mentioned that the Congress does have that power and that the Federal Reserve is a private institution run by international bankers to uh, bankrupt the world through uh, printing uh, worthless fiat money that's based on a, uh, a system where uh, we have to pay interest on every dollar that's printed by them, that they have the uh, monopoly on that. Mm-hmm. That's the same system across the world now, though. That, that Each country's got a central bank, same idea. They're all in touch with other central In fact, they even borrow from each other sometimes. And through the IMF again and the World Bank, they're all uh, colluding together for this wonderful system. And... Uh, I put up a video a few times, a link to a video called Oh Canada, because Canada had no debt at all, because it had its own bank at one time, even through the Great Depression, right through the 1930s. And they came from all over, and including the U.S., to find out how it worked in Canada. And it was very simple. Canada basically printed its own money, it minted its own coin, and it sold it off to the bankers. The rest of it put in through big projects, roads, and so on. And, uh, and it didn't lose any money because they were getting cash from the banks that they sold it to, who then loaned it out to the public. So that's how it worked. But, of course, they had to get that brought down. And they did. Now the Bank of Canada is just a room where an appointed governor from the, the government meets with uh, the international money boys for, for borrowing. That's all it is, is a room. And uh, we get our cash in Canada printed in Germany now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, also, uh, what I was reading in the uh, American Free Press, they had an article on um, uh, comprehensive financial, uh, compre- was that comprehensive, CAFRs, uh, confi- confidential, I mean, uh, comprehensive annual financial reports, that the government has two sets of books, yeah. and the U.S. government, and they have a slush fund going in terms of, like, they have the money, they're always saying that they have no money and that they're not yeah. making enough in revenue, but actually, in actuality, on the second uh Set of books, they have uh, I mean uh, billions and billions of dollars. They don't report, and they don't mention that in the U.S. media. Also, well, it's the whole thing, government is a racket, you know. Uh, government is a racket. I mean, I was surprised when the last uh, manufactured crash happened. They could have kept the bubbles going forever if they wanted to, but it, but it was planned that way to bring you into this new system of greening and austerity, etc., to get the next part of the big worldwide socialist plan through, and. Um, I was surprised 
to, to see that even, even local governments, your local councils were investing in places like Iceland. Where did they get the money to invest? Because supposedly they had nothing left at the end of each year as they taxed you and taxed you, including the, your federal, your, your uh, provincial or state government. Same thing, they're all investing abroad. Nobody knew they were even doing that. So, uh, I mean, it's just a massive racket. You're, you're right on with it, yeah. It's corrupt. It's corrupt. See, government is, by its very nature, corrupt, and it has to be. Uh, if it starts off, I don't care who starts it off, it will be corrupt within a generation, and that's what Jefferson said. He was quite right. They knew by history that's what happens. And then you get a clique in there, and then they have to start lying to the public about what they're doing, and then the lying becomes uh, the normal, and that for forevermore, and that's how it is today. They talk to us like children at the bottom now. That's really how it is, yeah. Yeah, the U.S., I mean, the U.S. was built on a, a low-tax system in terms of, like, industry and everything else, yeah. what was going on years ago. But now, because of uh, these vested interests of corporate welfare and um, stuff like that, um, you know, the Cathars and everything. Well, they're, they're already talking to, in today's paper uh, about uh, forgiving the debts or forgiving uh, the taxes for the international corporations again in the U.S., uh, give them a write-off for the year, so they don't want to pay any taxes. I mean, like, GE paid no tax and hardly any tax in the last, like, uh, years since Obama's been in office, because Jeffrey Immelt, who runs GE, is a very close friend of Obama, and they favor people who, uh, who uh, what do you call it, uh, finance Obama and so forth, you know, to get yeah. these tax breaks. Yeah. So, so it's, it's literally, and then again, too, uh, if, if you mention the Constitution, it is taught to the police in the U.S. now, is probably a, a radical right-winger. Uh, and uh, so even the Constitution has been, again, by careful manipulation of the, the minds of people through countless little movies and, and so on, um, uh, they, they think of people who follow the Constitution as bad people. It's, it's astonishing how mind control works, isn't it? But it works very, very, very effectively. Yeah, very effectively. Yeah. But uh, in terms of like the Ron Paul question, I mean, I agree with him when it comes to uh, Federal Reserve policy and everything else. And... Um and, uh, you know, uh, get, getting, getting rid of the military-industrial complex. But what I don't like about Ron Paul is his uh, adherence to the Austrian School of Economics and that because he's a libertarian, he wants to destroy uh, Social Security and Medicare. And I think that's a bad idea yeah. in the uh, current environment that we're in right now economically. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, that's just my that's, opinion, you know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the thing is, is that a place, a country the size with the population of the U.S. Uh, should be able to take, to take care of its own people very well, and the reason that the reason it prospered so much too, literally, and this is in their general history books, is because of the lack of bureaucratic and governmental oversight and involvement in business. They left you alone to get on with business and low taxation. That's why the U.S. took off, and now it's the same as every other country. Now we've got masses. You can't. You're sitting filling forms out all day for the government if you try to run a small business. So. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's caught up there, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, Alan, thanks for the time, and uh, have a good evening. And you, too. Bye now. And there's Alex from New York as well. Are you there, Alex? Um, hi. Hello. Yeah. Uh, hey, I have a couple questions for you, but um wanted to start off with something that I've had a lot of trouble figuring out, and that's um, the topic of Charles Manson. Yeah. Um, what do you think about him? I have a feeling that, um, like, I figured out that he was a mind control subject. That was pretty easy to figure out. 
Yeah. But I feel at some point he kind of turned on the people who were handling him or something because I don't understand why he was in jail um, given such an unfair trial and all that, and I'm not so sure what he was used for. Well, we'll never know. The thing is, the, the U.S. had so many little experiments going on across the country back then, including uh, free love uh, groupies, little um, communes all across the country. Um, and again, using drugs and different kinds of drugs too to, to an observation of their subjects. Manson definitely was involved with something like that initially. And of course, he had, the, he had his little groupies there, the, the family they called themselves. And uh, he certainly was, wasn't an idiot at all by any means. But uh, he he got into trouble, of course, with uh, with uh, of course the killing of the act- that actress, mind you. Um, do you and think they wanted him to do that, or was that something that just got out of control? It could have been, no. It, we'll never really know what triggered it off, uh, and why her. Uh, even though I think it was was it Belansky's wife, I think. Yeah, um, it was. And um, of course, he'd done Rosemary's Baby a bit to do with black magic. And the breeding of a child of Satan. So uh, we, we'll never really know, except that there was a lot uh, of involvement to do with uh, the cults at that time. The CIA were into trying out different kinds of cult groups, including Satanism. By the way, you'll use anything you can for yourself. It doesn't matter if you even believe in it. If you're if you're the managing it, but uh, it was Sharon Tate, I think, that, that they ended up killing, and again, a very ritualistic fashion. So we'll never get the whole story, but he definitely had a lot of the lowdown and a lot of different people and politics and so on, as though he knew them pretty well. That was the odd part about it. Yeah, listening yeah. to his interviews, he makes like a lot of allusions to um, people. Like yesterday, he was I was watching an interview and he was saying uh, something about how there's a lot of people working for world peace and something like that. And like the interviewer just, like a lot of the things he says, he just like kind of just moved over it as though it was nothing. But he, it's like clear he knows that there's big moves going on to create a sort of one world government. He even talks about that there is one world government going to happen very soon and sooner than you think. Yeah. It was already, that's right, it was already happening. It had been happening since he signed the declaration in San Francisco at the United Nations. Every country signed away its sovereignty right there. And, uh, that's, so he knew that. But also, um, yeah, the same thing with, with the Jonestown massacre. You had uh, the CIA involvement there. In fact, uh, Jones himself had uh, been given permission by President Reagan at the time to go into the psychiatric hospitals and use his techniques on the patients, and he was given free reign, basically, into a lot of even high-security psychiatric places. So uh, there's, there's always a CIA involvement, and again, the pipelining of, of very powerful drugs, and, and they're never arrested for the drugs, of course. No one comes near them for that. Uh, so these are all experiments, as far as I can see, and uh, these experiments still go on today in different uh, te- with different techniques, of course, but they're still going on today, yeah. Yep. Um, also, I was um, talking about Lord of the Rings a lot on the show recently. I just finished reading it, and very interesting at the end when um, Frodo 
uh, and other hobbits get back to the Shire, they discover that the Shire's kind of under a communist dictatorship type thing where uh, Sauron came to the Shire and suddenly, um, like before there was plentiful food and everything, and they come back and they're like, there's no food in the Shire anymore, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And they're like, the new guy came and he's sharing it with everyone, supposedly. Mm-hmm. But yet everyone is scared of this guy and they barely see any of the food that he's supposedly taking away to share. Yeah. And then they overthrow this guy and everything and it just seemed like a very anti-communist type statement. Yeah. Well, it, it's, at the end. it's austerity for, for the ones who do all the work for the more elite types in the categories of elite, which is also is in Lord of the Rings, of course. It's about elite ones from the, the top down, you see. Uh, the ones at the bottom do all the work, and of course then they have to share what's left uh, under austerity measures, and, and that's what you've got there. But thanks for calling. And now we'll go on to Dion from New York, if she's there. Hello, Dion. Alan? Yes. Alan, hi. Dion. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Um, I first have a quick anecdote to tell you. I, uh, I, uh, I built houses out, uh, out east on Long Island. It's a very, uh, affluent, uh, part of the United States. And I'm working, or I just was working for a, uh, a multi-billionaire. Uh-huh. And we had to, uh, bring some tile samples out to Manhattan to show, uh, this billionaire uh, and have her, him and her choose what they'd like in their new home. Yeah. And, uh, they're also, they bought the uh, building next to them in Manhattan, and I walked through that building to show them the samples, and they're constructing in that building on the wall in big black spray paint while sparks are flying and saws are cutting and everything is under construction. There's a big all-seeing eye and spray paint on the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just these things. And I told my brother about it, and he kind of laughed it off because he knows what I'm into and, and these things I think about. But just a little story for your listeners. These things aren't coincidences, you know. No, they're, they're, like, they're, they're lucky charms, you know. Yes, that's right, uh, and highly symbolic of again a world system where no, everyone is, is under surveillance. Basically, that's that's what it means today. Uh, we're all under surveillance. Yeah, yeah. But that's a very true story, and it's not a coincidence. And um, I want to know, Alan. I just broke up with um, my girlfriend over these subjects because we just totally disagreed on everything, even though. I really love her, you know, and we just, I had to break it off because I couldn't spend the rest of my life, you know, just like sacrificing my sanity to kind of just like talk about, you know, not, you know, subjects that, that the media wants us to talk about and not mm-hmm. really what's going on. Yeah. But I wanted to know if you have any advice of just how to deal with like not being able to wake up the person you love and it's, you know, it's, it's really sad and frustrating and I just, uh, it's one of the one of the hardest things you can do because it's, sometimes it happens to the woman. I've, I've had cases uh, who've contacted me where the woman wakes up and the guy doesn't, uh, and there's no happy ground there because um, human nature uh, generally goes the same way. That initially you, you'll try to humour them, but you're living inside your head, and, and then you feel you're in prison because you can't discuss what you want to discuss. And but the other person will expect you to listen to trivia all day long. And the approved uh, stuff from the mainstream, uh, and it, it generally never works. There's no way you can sublimate it to that level where where you can actually go along with it. 
uh, unless you're you're out in the house a lot, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's basically yeah, it. Yeah. And the other weird thing is, like, um, I, I wonder, even with her and and some other people I meet, I think like I don't think I'm that smart of a guy, even though no, I'm I'm above average, you know, intelligence. But I just wonder, all these people like. Like my girlfriend, she was very good at math. She can compute things so quickly. And I'm like, why can't you, why can't you see reality? You know, if you could do all these yeah. other things way better than me, mm-hmm. it, something's missing. I don't know what it is. It, it, what you're mixing up is intellect and education. Uh, every, every, see, there's a big difference between being intelligent. You don't have, to, I, I've met illiterate people that were incredibly intelligent, uh, who, who, um, had thought things out for themselves. And could see through all the little cons that go along, and, and very street savvy. Uh, but uh, it's a big difference between having an education. There's a lot of educated fools out there, an awful lot of them, in fact. And, and in fact, when you really go into even some of the bigger people's writings, they admit that that the more education you get, that the less of an, an actual distinct uh, thinking, uh, reasoning individual you are. And that is very, very true. The most easy, the easiest people to um, manipulate are those with more education uh, because they belong to a peer group and they want to adapt to whatever's new and politically correct because they have a craving to, to stay with that group. Um, the person lower down is more apt to get it, to get what's actually happening um, because they have no need to belong to a particular group. So, but most folk do it, it mix up education with, um, uh, basically IQ, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that, and there's, and there's like a, a snobbishness too. Yeah. Um, that like, who are you to tell me what's, what's, what's right when I'm just begging people just to like look at things that I've seen, not to listen to what I say? Yeah. Well, remember what Bertrand Russell said, he said, uh, they used to think, the orators used to think at one time that you needed a good oratory, good reasoning power uh, to, to, you know, bring people around to, to getting behind you on a topic. He said, but we find we do more with a brass band and waving flags, and, and that's, how, that, that's what we use today. It's emotion that does it, not reasoning anymore. But thanks for calling. Yep. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix and we'll, we'll go to Dave from Arizona. If he's still there, is Dave from Arizona there? Hello Dave? Are you there? Hi. Yes. There's, yeah, there's just one thing I wanted to point out, a couple things on the Norway shooting. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. If you study the guy, what basically what the newspapers are saying about him, and if you go and you watch his video that he made about the Knights Templar and all that, uh-huh. his basic thing was was that he has to protect the white race and the and the European customs and all this. Mm-hmm. But what does the guy do? The guy goes and kills white people, white Europeans. Yep, the right. very people that in his video mm-hmm. he swore to protect. I know. I, I know. And... Uh... Apparently, the, the the youngsters on the island were of the, the, the labor youth wing, apparently. So that's why he supposedly went after them. And But he did accuse his government of being traitors. But if that was the case, you think he would have waited till they were all in the government building uh, rather than be a holiday uh, to make an example of them. But uh, it, it doesn't make sense at all. Um, 
so yeah, none of this really makes sense. Plus, he was really into uh, really uh, Islamophobic writers who were Israeli. Some of them, he was all for for their writings. He said a thing about uh, Islam, and that was his main target. Um, well, that's, that's what I mean. Is why would the guy take out white Europeans when his whole thing was against Islam? I guess he never he couldn't find enough uh, Islamics to in Ireland. <laughs> 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 yeah. But uh, but yeah, it makes no sense at all. Um, but um, what he was hoping to do was to get copycats uh, and other cells would spring up uh, and bring back, restore something. And, and even though he, he he didn't really say he was a Christian, in fact, he actually said, I think, in his little video that the, the temper stood up against all kinds of hate and bigotry of all religions um, to try and, and bring back some guys and horses with lances today. Uh, it kind of, it, it's, it's like a, a youngster's emotional dream. It doesn't fit in with the character of this guy that, that didn't seem immature in his writings, except for those things. Uh, it's almost like there's two different people here working on on the, the documentation that they've given to the public. A little like a cover story. Yeah, because it didn't seem the, the romanticized type, uh, Knights Templars, etc. Uh, I mean, he, he, he claims he was a millionaire before he was 24. In business, he went to, he had a couple of degrees. Um, he, the writing was well written, um, for someone from Norway, uh, as opposed to some of the emails you, you've seen written, he put out there on Facebook. Some of the emails were terrible English, but this stuff was written in perfect English, gram- grammatically and all the rest of it. So there's more to this than meets the eye, and we probably won't get told the whole story. Plus, I, I wonder why the cops didn't shoot him. Um, well, that's another interesting part. I don't know yep. if you read this, but supposedly the cops called out his name. It, like, deactivated him. He put his gun down and turned himself in. Yeah, or, or did he give up the, the Masonic gesture for help and mercy, which they also use as well. Uh, yeah. And uh, we will never really know, um, but there's definitely, definitely people knew what he was going to do. Uh, I'm talking about agencies as well that had to have been tracking him. Yeah. Well, how did they know his name? <laughs> well, apparently he did put it up on the internet a few hours beforehand, but he'd, be, he'd been obviously tracked for some time. And uh, yeah, but we'll find out down the road what happens. Maybe if we're lucky, or we might never hear from him again once he's in prison. That's just he'll disappear as, as they, most of them do. Thanks, Alan. And thanks for calling. From Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. And Bob on Texas, maybe you can call tomorrow. Thank you.